I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Friday, June 28, 2019. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. There is an absolute bucket full of stuff to discuss today. If you want to see how this market really operates and how you can see it operating, how you can see why the market does what it does, and you can see the fact that it does what it does in real time, inside the the numbers members on Friday had the day mapped out lock, stock, and barrel right up into the close. We're going to take a look at exactly what they did on Friday, what the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew did, what it appears that they did, and then of course, we'll take a look at a few things that most people just don't see. If you want to take a look at how Inside the Numbers had the entire day mapped out throughout the day, I'll link that page which will be open for the weekend i'll link it underneath the video so you can go read the entire thing at your own pace let's get back in our lane let's take a look at the daily chart and let's see exactly what we have on the board for the last couple of days for inside the numbers members i've been harping on the semi-fat round number of 29.50 we were trading in a tight range and i said breaking out of the top end of that range would likely bring the market up to 2950 the semi-fat round number what i find interesting or really what i find fascinating is the fact that the semi-fat round number on the S&P E mini futures contract which we're going to look at in a moment that was 2950 the corresponding number happens to be the top of the breakdown candle 293.73 pretty funny how that works Now, let's look a little deeper in what we really have. Did the SPY close above the high of the breakdown candle? And the answer is no, it didn't. So on its face, it looks like a bearish wedge pattern. All right, fair enough. We'll get back to that later. We talked about a range. So for this, we'll use a 30-minute chart. It doesn't matter the time frame. I just want to stretch it out so that we can properly identify the range. For the last couple of days, we were meandering back and forth in this range here. And then all of a sudden today, we jumped up, we gapped up above that range, and then we started trading in a new range. You can see that the market tried to rally early on, had a failure pulled back, and then had that blast-off rocket ride at the end of the day. But here's the things that we want to note. What really happened today? Well, early on, after trying to break out and couldn't do it, what they did was they came back toward the lower end of the range established by the gap higher in the morning. Now, they didn't even get quite to the lower end of that range. That's similar to yesterday when they couldn't fill the gap. We talked about that at the time. Not being able to fill the gap tells you one of two things. Either it's bullish if they start to trade away rather quickly, or if they hang around and meander around just above the gap, they're likely going to either come down and fill the gap or even go lower in a continuation move. 
So in this case, we had a similar situation to what we had yesterday, where instead of coming down to exactly test the lower end of the range established this morning, they couldn't even get there, and then at the end of the day, took off to the upside. Looking at it from a different viewpoint, here's that 240-minute chart that we looked at a couple of times this week already. We talked specifically about traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. They saw something very in particular on this chart. We never came down to fill the gap we discussed about. That's bullish unless they hang around. They started trading away from it. That's bullish. And here we are testing the high of the breakdown candle. How often do we look at this? How often do we see the same thing over and over and over again? And the answer is, we see it quite often. And the reason is, is because it happens over and over and over again. Now let's take a different viewpoint. We're looking at the S&P E-mini futures contract. Now here, looks like the market closed at 29.44 and a quarter. Now here come the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Also, team shenanigans. Check this out. The daily chart, I can't adjust when the daily chart posts the close. So this chart posted the close 29.44 and a quarter. Now I know that this chart, and this is a platform issue. This is a TradeStation issue. I use TradeStation. It's an issue within TradeStation. Other platforms may have different prices. They may have different issues. I know what I have, and I know how to get around what I have to get the right price. What in the world am I talking about? Let me show you. That's not the close. Let me go prove a point. Here's a one minute chart so we can see exactly minute by minute what I'm looking at. So here is the four o'clock close and that registers at 29.43.50. The number on the daily chart was 29.44 and a quarter. Okay, here's where that might make sense. Let's go to 4.15 because the futures close at 4.15. Great. Where's 4.15? It's all the way up here. What's the closing price at 4.15? 29.54.75. Maybe the one minute chart is wacky. Let's go look at something else. How about a five minute chart? What do we find here? Same routine. Here's the four o'clock close, which really doesn't matter in the futures, 43.50, but it doesn't jive with the daily close, but neither does the 415 close also at 29.54.75 neither match with the daily chart what's the story how about the five o'clock close here it is five o'clock close is 29.53.75 so nothing matches with the daily chart how do you explain that that's my question i can't explain it somebody might be able to we're going to have to chalk it up to shenanigans hourly chart same routine you can see the rocket ride at the end of the day the rocket ride in the last hour went from a low of 29.35 does that number sound familiar if it doesn't go look at inside the numbers which is linked underneath the video and you'll see where that number comes up it's not an accident it's not a coincidence but here's where it gets interesting i haven't even got to the best part yet we have to reconcile the actual futures price with the spider price why do we do that am i saying that one is more dominant than the other that's not what i'm saying at all i can't tell you whether or not one is more dominant than the other i don't think there's a rule of thumb but what we do need to know is both sides of the equation so we're going to take the closing price of the futures 
29.54.75, and we're going to account for the difference from the daily close of the SPY so that we can see where that would put the spiders on close if we're making a correlation between the futures and the SPY chart. And because the market trades after the 4 p.m. close, we don't actually have to do the mathematics behind it. We can just look at the top of the screen and you can see the bid and the ask on close 294.46 by 294.57. Just call it 294.50 for argument's sake. Where does that put the market? It puts the market right at this high here, which comes in at 294.58 above the breakdown candle high. How do we interpret that? What do we do with that information? We're back to the G20 and China. The market is waiting on this current version of Kabuki Theater. They're waiting on a Trump deal with China. That's just the way it is. Is Trump going to hand the market a deal? Is the market going to have reason by the time it opens Monday morning to have a further melt-up? Could we be headed to 297? Anything is possible. The market can always go a lot lower, can always go a lot higher than anybody ever thinks it can. We discuss that all the time. What did we discuss the other day? The email indicator. There were a lot of bears. A lot of puts were bought in this market. What would happen if they're forced to cover? It's another short squeeze. Another leg higher. Is the futures market telling us that the market itself is going to get sucked into a melt-up come Sunday night when the futures open? That's what the closing price would tell us. The close was very, very bullish. To run up like that at the end of the day, for no reason whatsoever, is bullish on its face. Could the market wake up to a disappointing piece of news from China, from the White House, whatever it is? Absolutely. Anything is possible. We all know that. I'm just going based on what the chart is telling me is going to happen. Is it possible we have some early fireworks early in the week and then they throw some water on it and that's it? Maybe it's a blow-off top. Maybe it's another leg higher altogether. The market is still bullish. We know that. We've been discussing the fact that the market is bullish. A pullback toward home base was not bearish. It's still in an uptrend. And then we start to throw the ball around the horn a little bit. We go and look over in Camp IWM. What do we see? Another rocket ride higher. Another huge update in comparison. Another leading update relative strength in the IWM against the S&P 500. That's important information. Two days in a row like that. Is there a third day in the hopper? If we had a huge up day on Monday, for example, or Monday into Tuesday, what would that look like in the IWM? Where is the resistance in the IWM? 158. Maybe it's 158.50. Maybe it's 157.75. Something in that neighborhood. We're going to call it 158. Where does this one go bad? What's the other side of that? If we wake up to the other side of the equation, Monday morning, it's a gap down. The market didn't like the news, whatever the news might be. How do we know the IWM is finished? Closing hourly and then certainly daily below yesterday's close, below Thursday's close is the bogey. So that closing price is 153.63. That would actually be very, very negative slash bearish 
for the IWM. How about taking a look at the VIX? We keep talking about the VIX. The VIX looked like it wanted to break out. It got stymied by the former breakdown area. And here we are, back to the 100-period moving average. We really had a collapse in volatility from where we were early on Friday. And it lasted right into that 415 close. That's a pretty dramatic drop from about 16 to about 15 in 45 minutes. What's that telling us? That's telling us there's higher prices coming leading into next week. Higher prices in the stock market, probably lower prices in the VIX. Am I a buyer again of the VIX in the 14s? With time on my side, yeah, I would be a buyer of the VIX in the low 14s or lower. What would I trade that against? I would trade it against the low here of 1319. About the transportation department, what's this chart telling us? Jumped over the moving averages and closed up there today. That's bullish. However, we can pretty clearly see that we're right to another breakdown area. The market broke down here, came back to try and break through it, was rejected. Now it's making another attempt. Here we go again. A, B, C. We talk about this all the time. Why do we talk about this all the time? Because these happen all the time. When you can see the market operating as you expect it to operating, you have a different comfort level entering trades. That's the whole point. You get the whole foundation of everything in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, but the supplements in these videos plus the third pillar of inside the numbers so you know where the numbers are, it's a winning strategy. There's just no two ways about it. Traders are making money. Since we have the weekly close and of course the monthly close, what do we see in the transports on those charts? Well here, now all of a sudden, we're into a convergence of moving averages on the weekly chart. So it will be very interesting to see if the transports are able to continue higher and close next week above. That'll be something else. That'll be bullish. That'll be a very, very telling sign of further upside to come. By the way, we've already talked about a ridiculous number in the SPY or the S&P 500 on the upside. I'm not saying it has to happen anytime soon, but if we're going to have a melt-up, where are they going? And if they're going to have a melt-up, you're going to see the spiders at 305. They're not going to get through 300 so easy. That's 3,000 on the S&P. They're not going to just waltz through there. However, you're likely to see 305, 3050 in the S&P 500. Let's get through Monday and then we'll talk about more upside or potential downside. Let's see what comes out of the G20 slash Trump and China. Since we're looking at weekly charts, we have to obviously take a look at the spider chart. Is there any problem on the weekly chart? Does this chart look bearish? Absolutely not. This is a bullish chart. It is what it is. You take it at face value. How about the monthly chart? Month of June, we tested the 20-month moving average and had a rocket ride right off of it. That would be a pretty smooth move if they're able to close July above those highs. That would certainly give us our 305. A lot of trading days in July. How about the Q's monthly chart? Same routine. It looks the same. The weekly chart? For all intents and purposes, looks the same as the spider chart. Little bit of a difference where we are relative to the highs, but it looks for the most part the same. The daily chart, 
doesn't look the same. Now the NASDAQ actually lagged the S&P today. It was up about half a percent, but it lagged by a little bit. The S&P was up more than half a percent. The NASDAQ composite was up a little less than one half of one percent. But there's something different going on in the NASDAQ or the triple Qs in this case. This is a bona fide bearish wedge pattern. Here's a shorter term chart of the E-mini NASDAQ 100 futures contract. It had the same rocket ride higher. However, it didn't have the same close on the daily chart relative to that breakdown candle high. But it still had a ramp up at the end of the day. You can see the prices at the top 77.23, 77.24, the breakdown candle high happens to come in at 77.79.50. So it's still inside of that. Is that meaningful? Not necessarily. We're just looking at everything. We're taking it all in. They're all pieces to the puzzle. We put them all together on the table. We start to assemble the puzzle and a clear picture emerges. Speaking of clear picture, the XLF taking a stop down at the financial district What do we have? We have a close well above the 2747 that we've been discussing for far too long. The financials are breaking out. How many times did we discuss this? Without the financials going down, market's not going to go down. We looked at this as a bull flag pattern that will break to the upside in a continuation move until unless it doesn't, never broke below these lows. Therefore, it's releasing the energy to the upside. That's what we have on our hands. Here's the weekly close that we were eyeballing. 27.47 was the breakdown candle high right here. We closed above it once and failed. Here we are again. Are they going to fail again or are they going to keep going? We're above all the moving averages. Everything is bullish today. There's no reason to believe the market's going to turn around until it does. When and if we see the signal or sign of a reversal or a trend change, that's a different story. Until and unless that happens, you take the market at face value. We don't impose our biases on the market. SMH, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Exchange Traded Product. This looks like a bad day. It looks like a reversal, but in a sense, it's doing the same thing that the other markets did. After the close, it popped back up trading at 110.50 by 110.71. That's up in this neighborhood here. So essentially, you closed fine. It's above all the moving averages. There's nothing wrong with this market. It looks and is like all the rest. How about crude oil? We talked about this a number of times. Kept saying 59. Once it got over 54, the target was 59. Here we are. It got up to 59. It actually almost got to 60. Came up a few pennies short of $60, another big fat round number. The high was 59.93, right into the convergence of the moving averages, the breakdown candle high. And here, all of a sudden, the market's down a little bit, and they want to assign the reason to the fact that the EU is all of a sudden not going to enforce the sanctions, or they're going to let Iran distribute oil to the EU countries, something to that effect. Doesn't exactly sound like they're on the same page as we are. Seems more like a divide. But nevertheless, we're focused on the actual oil chart. And what I find interesting is it just so happens, it's irony, it's a coincidence that we get up into the moving averages right at the breakdown candle high, stay up there for a day or two, all of a sudden news hits, and it sells off a couple of bucks 
just like that. Right down to fill a gap. Funny how that works. And that happens to be where it stopped and turned around for the day. All charts act and react the same way. Doesn't matter whether we're looking at a 5 or a 10 or a 15 minute chart. Doesn't matter whether we're looking at an hourly, daily, weekly or monthly chart. All charts act and react the same way, which is exactly what's explained and taught in detail how it all operates in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. This is a perfect place to pull the ripcord. So I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.